Thanks for joining us for Life Community Church. Good morning on this, you know, kind of dreary day. Here we are. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us. It's bright and sunshiny in here with all your faces, right? And the Lord is with us. So, um, I happy Mother's Day. I always love having the kids. I mean, you know, some of them are mine. Um, one of them didn't come in because she's almost she's almost two, and uh, it would be a little hard to see her and say goodbye again. So, anyways. Um, but yeah, we always love having our kids with us, um, and they are the reason we are celebrating Mother's Day today. But I also just want to acknowledge the tension that there is sometimes on this Mother's Day. Um, we can have a variety of, of feelings sometimes on special days like this. Um, you know, I lost my mother when I was young. When I was an adult, I struggled with getting pregnant. So there's so many times when a day like this has a lot of tension and a lot of overwhelm. Um, so wherever you are on the spectrum of today, we are here with you. We are here celebrating. We're here in pain. We're here um, in anything that today may bring up for you. We want to be a church that says you can be all places. We are here with you. So just know that from my heart. Um, all right. So what do you say when someone sneezes? Ah, bless you. Yes. You know, I actually never, I don't think I ever say the whole, like, God bless you. You know, I shorten it down to bless you. Um, and there's actually two reasons why we've gotten into this cultural habit. Now, one, now that I know about it, is a little too close to home since we've been in a global pandemic. Um, and that would be that when uh, the bubonic plague was um, devastating Europe, uh, a sneeze was one of those first symptoms, right, of the plague. And so uh, Pope Gregory I suggested that everybody do this tiny little prayer if you heard somebody sneeze um, to protect them and pray a blessing over them that they would not get this plague, which would lead to probably, you know, death. And so they would say, God bless you. And then there's the more superstitious uh, reason, which says that if you sneeze, your soul can actually escape out your nostrils, right? So you say, God bless you, to try to like stuff it back in there, hope that it doesn't escape. Um, and a variation of that is that you could also uh, sneeze out an evil spirit, and then that spirit would be released and hanging out. And so you say, God bless you to protect the person that it just escaped from and for anybody else that is potentially hanging around that spirit. Well, uh, now we just say it as a polite thing, you know, right? We're all, you know, I, we teach our children to say, bless you. And if you, don't, if you don't receive that, when you sneeze, sometimes you can kind of feel offended. Like, didn't anybody just hear me sneeze? <laughs> right? Where was my blessing? Um, and so it's just one of those funny things that we have gotten into the habit of. Um, but there are two words in the Bible that describe our soul posture towards other people. And one is to bless, and the opposite of that is to curse. Um, and so in any encounter with someone, we either can will what is good for them or not. We can 
This is like uh, willing and thinking and projecting that good towards them. We can't help ourselves. It's just the way we are towards one another. Um, now, blessing is more than just a word, right? Uh, biblically, it's this projection of uh, goodness towards another person, um, something that we think and we feel and we will with our whole selves, and often we use our body to communicate that. Um, and when we bless people, we are um, doing so with God's blessing. He is the originator of blessing. Blessing comes from God. And it's one of those things that he uses and uses through other people. So we then get to be this blessing towards one another. We get to share God's blessing to one another. Um, James 3.10 says, and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. And so we're in this tension of where we can bless people, but we can also will bad things towards them or harm towards them. We can be kind and harsh with our mouths at the same time. We all live in that tension and that struggle, right? And our souls are very sensitive to either being blessed or being cursed. And we can do it, we can do it both with our mouth, says James. And so curse, now I know that can feel kind of like intense, like we're cursing someone out or we're putting a hex on them, like it feels like an intense form of evil. But biblically, it's, it's just the opposite of blessing, right? So it's not, it's not, you see cursing, you're like, oh, I can avoid cursing other people, right? But it's really just the opposite of willing good for them. And so you can curse somebody with a look, right? With uh, uh, an eyebrow, if you can move one of your eyebrows. Uh, a shrug of your shoulder, a harsh word, or even silence, I think. And as you are in deeper relationship with someone, the closer you are to someone, the, the more subtly and cruelly you can actually curse them, right? It's like a spouse just leaving a little silence or a little hesitation before saying something like, of course I love you. And you can feel the message of like what's not being said, right? But our souls, we've been in this series about soul keeping, where we're talking about what's going on in the inner life, because our souls were created by God and meant to connect most deeply with him. So we have to pay attention to what's going on in our soul. We like to spend a lot of time on the outer life and the outer world and all the things that are going on there, but really it's what's in your soul um, that's connecting with God and that matters. And so your soul was created to be blessed by God. And God's desire is to bless you. Um, and when we receive this blessing from God, this way of being living under his blessing, man, that, that changes us because it allows us to, to live into the glory that he created us for. And then to continue this way of blessing is a way of life, to bless one another, to bless those around you. Now, God's blessing, it starts at the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis 1. 
So God is creating the heavens and the earth, and he's creating the, the lights and the stars and the seas. And after each one of those things that he creates each day, there's this repeated phrase in the first chapter of Genesis where it says, and God saw that it was good. And then we get to the last day where, um, well, the last creation where he creates human beings in verse 27 of chapter 1. And he said, so God created human beings in his own image. The image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. I, I hear an echo. Fill the earth and govern, and govern it. Okay, so he creates humans in his image, male and female, and he blesses them. He says, be fruitful and multiply. Okay, so when God is going through his acts of creation and, and then saying he saw that it was good, as humans, we might create something and step back and say, oh, yeah, that's, that's good, that's good, or we kind of check it out. Oh, yeah, that's good, that's good. Because um, we're kind of like, are we measuring up what we've created? Is there any defects? Is it really good? And oh, yes, it's good, right? Like if you were to make something. But when God steps back and he says that, that he's not like um, wondering if there's a defect in what he's created, right? He's the supreme creator of the universe. So when he says, and God saw that it was very good, um, he is delighting in the goodness of what already exists. Everything that he brings into existence is already good because he is pure goodness. And so he, his desire is to bless what is good, to enjoy what is good, um, and, and delight in that. And so he makes human beings and he appoints them as image bearers in the world. And the first thing that we just read about is that he blesses them. And this is really his goodness in action. You know, he's blessing um, the humans with all his gifts. And one of the major gifts is the abundant, beautiful world that he just gave them to be uh, image bearers of. He says, go, be my representative agents on earth and continue extending my blessing throughout this world. You know, we continue extending his blessing by, being, by bringing peace and harmony and fruitfulness into the world. That's the mandate he gave us in Genesis 1. Um, also, uh, in, in biblical times, um, it was common for uh, the father of a family if he was nearing his death, to gather his children around and give them a blessing. And he would, in part of that, he would, he would um, you know, proclaim what he sees in them and what their life would be like. And he's calling out the good things that he sees in them. May you be like this, and may you be like that, and may your life be like this. And that was a common cultural practice. Um, but the, he also would connect um, practical resources to that blessing. It wasn't just an emotional blessing, but it was practical. So he would divide up his inheritance um, and provide the resources so that the children could actually achieve 
the good that they were proclaiming. And weekly, we uh, kind of end our service with this benediction, this blessing. You've probably heard us recite it. And it's this ancient blessing in Numbers um, that's called the priestly blessing. And so God gives Moses this God-given blessing, and he says, I want you to proclaim this over the people. And so the priests, they're the ones that are ministering in the temple, and they say this blessing over the people as they come into worship and as they come out from worship. And so to make you familiar with it again, Numbers 6, I'm going to start in verse 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, and his sons were the priests, to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. And this is where, you know, we start to kind of imagine and realize what, is, what it means for God to bless us, for his favor to be with us, for his face to smile over us, that we live under this blessing of God each and every day, that he delights in us. And he doesn't just wish for our good, but he goes to great extent to achieve that good in our lives. He's willing to do whatever it takes so that we, our souls, are filled with well-being. He gives up everything through the person of Jesus to make sure that we receive all the good that our souls are longing for. That's our soul's inheritance. That's what we're taking with us. And it's really the blessing that our souls are thirsty for. So there is an important case study that we can look at briefly in Scripture on blessing. It comes from the Old Testament. There's um, a story of Jacob and Esau. Okay, They're twins, and they are born to Isaac and Rebekah. Now, Esau was the one that came out first. So technically, he's the older twin. But, you know, if you're a twin, you know, you're pretty much the same age. But being the firstborn um, is significant in ancient Jewish times because that means that you get the majority of the inheritance. Um, you become head of the clan, okay? So, but God actually sent a prophecy to Isaac the father and said, you know, I know Esau came out first, but Jacob is the one I've chosen to work through. He, his lineage is the one I'm going to use to bring my salvation to the world. So even though you want to bless um, Esau, I want you to bless Jacob. Give him the birthright. Make him the head of the clan. Well, Isaac had his heart sent set on Esau instead. And he loved Esau, and he ignored this prophecy, and he ended up kind of ignoring Jacob. Jacob, you know, like any person, he kind of grows up angry and bitter, like I imagine any child would that kind of loses that affection and that affirmation, that blessing from their father. So Isaac gets near to the end of his life, and he's losing his eyesight, okay? So he's going blind. 
And um, it's coming time for him to give this fatherly blessing that they do in their culture. Time for him to give the birthright to Esau. But Jacob, with the help of his mother, kind of come up with this conniving plan. And Jacob dresses up as Esau and goes to his father, who's going blind, in disguise, right? And so Isaac ends up verbally giving the blessing to Jacob instead of Esau. Now, there's no way that Jacob thinks this is, like he's going to get away with this, that everything's just going to go smoothly, he's going to receive the blessing, and life is going to go peachy for him. I mean, it all blows up in his face. Um, the truth is, is going to be exposed, and it was. And so um, Isaac finds out about it, and he is very upset, and Esau finds out about it, and he wants to murder his brother. But Jacob, I can imagine Jacob is, in, is hungry for the blessing of his father. So he goes to great lengths, um, even under false pretenses, to receive this blessing. I think it, it shows us what is, what's, really in our, what are, what's really in our souls, what we really need, and what kind of dysfunctional behavior we're willing to, to put out there to get it. And... Um, I think Jacob wanted to hear those words that, that Jesus heard, that Jesus heard from his own father that said, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. That's what he needed. He needed that blessing. And so he, he ends up blowing up his whole life to receive this, this blessing from his father under false pretenses. And so he, he has to leave. He doesn't see his father again. He doesn't see his mother again. Everything blows up because he's so desperate to receive this blessing. And does some part of that story resonate with you? <laughs> Where you feel like, yeah, we all need to know that our soul is worth something, that somebody greater and, and um, with much value says to us, you are valued, you are unique, you belong, you are cared for, you are of great worth. We need that blessing, and that is found in Jesus when we're united with him. He gives us all his blessings, and that's what our souls really need. Now, we can't really bless our own souls. It's this weird thing. Because blessing originates from God. But we try to bless our own souls. We try to fill our outer world with all kind of stuff that makes us like feel really blessed, right? <laughs> that we feel really good about ourselves, even if there really is like an emptiness or pain or longing that we are covering up. And we can go to great lengths, great dysfunctional behavior to try to receive that kind of affirmation and blessing that we really long for under the care of our Heavenly Father. Dallas Willard, we've been talking about him. He's an author and professor. He says, the reason we are so sensitive is that our souls were made to be blessed, and we cannot survive without the blessing. What we need is the blessing of God. Our souls were meant under we're meant to live under our Creator's blessing. And when we receive that, our souls are satisfied. We have inner peace, inner well-being. 
and the knowledge that God's chosen us, he's adopted us, and he's given us everything in abundance. And that's the nature of this priestly blessing that we say each week. Occasionally I, I, you know, switch it up. But it brings me great joy to say this blessing because I, I mean it and I know God means it and I just get to be this conduit of God's blessing over your life. <clears throat> so let's look at it just briefly. May the Lord bless you and protect you. This is the, the Father being completely committed to your good. I know sometimes like his goodness can be in disguise and it doesn't always seem like the circumstances, the outer things seem good. But he says that if you are his child, there's no harm that can come against you that he cannot redeem. He is actively always working for your good. And he protects you with his very own presence in your life. He protects everything that is good and sacred about you. Now that, that next phrase, may the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. So we know like God is always present everywhere, right? But God doesn't have an intimate relationship with every single person. So God God smiling on you is like you connecting with God. It's his intimate relationship with you. His presence might be everywhere, but when God smiles on you, it's for you. It's your relationship with him. When we lift up our, some versions say, our continents, it means like, yeah, our facial expression, everything about our body is present with you, right? And that's what God is doing with you. He treats you as his own. His smiling face is towards you. That's his presence shining on you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. This is just that total sense of well-being, of wholeness in him. I think, you know, God's blessings are are found most fully in Jesus. And we see in the New Testament, this is in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, in Ephesians, um, is this beautiful description of the fullness of our blessings that we received in Jesus. And it's in Ephesians, I'm going to start in chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, he loved us. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. That I, I can never get over that um, verse 3, that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing. I mean, I think a lot of times we don't even know 
the weight of what that means, the depth of what our, that means. We could go from now until Jesus returns again, understanding the depth of every spiritual blessing in heaven is yours. And I think one of those spiritual blessings is that we have a new identity. And it, and it kind of goes on to say that. We've been adopted. We've been chosen. And it's once and for all. He has made us his sons and daughters. There's nothing that we can do um, that breaks that. We don't, when we are, um, you know, when we sin or we lose our way, there's nothing when we curse out of our mouths, right? When we're not measuring up, there's nothing that we can do to break who God says we are. He delights in us once and for all. We're in his family. And that, in, that identity really shapes us because it brings us great security. And we don't have to strive or earn. <laughs> He's given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. So what should we do? I think that if we've received every spiritual blessing and this is the way the Father looks at us, man, there's no, there is no depth that we cannot explore with Jesus. There's always um, more faith to be had, more freedom to be had, more um, moving into your gifts and your purpose. There's always more intimacy with him, more revelation from him. There's always more. There's always more that he has to express in your life with him. So two practical tips that I will wrap us up with. Um, one would just be to, you know, choose one of these passages this week, or maybe both, and meditate on it. And meditate on it, on it imaginatively, so that you are sensing God looking at you like that, that he is um, smiling on you. You can feel his favor. You can sense his, um, his grace and his kindness on you. A.W. Tozer says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And how we picture God looking at us and being present with us, like even right here, right now, it says a lot about our relationship with him. Are we, are we picturing him distant or cold or are we thinking the thoughts that he's actually thinking about you? That's important. And so these scriptures can really help us imagine the real, the real truth of what he thinks and feels about you. And are you picturing his presence with you like that? And maybe even like when you're reading that um, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heaven, what specific thing is he reaching out and giving you? This week. So use these scriptures kind of meditatively, imaginatively, sit with them each day until you really sense that God is looking and feeling this way about you. And secondly, would be to give away the blessing. Give away the blessing that you've received. Um, you know, like I said, this in the numbers passage, the priests would bless the people that were coming in, out of, coming in and out of the temple with this blessing. But in the New Testament, it says that we are all priests in God's temple. That's the priesthood of all believers. In, in 1 Peter 1.9, it says, 
Um, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he's called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. So we are all priests in the temple of God, and we actually are the temple of God, the people of God, as the church are the temple of God. So we have this role now to extend that blessing out to others in our life. That's what we get to do as ministers of God. And so, you know, go out of your way each day this week to bless someone. You might do it, um, you know, just like an act of kindness, a word of affirmation. You might do it with practical resources. Or you could, you could just notice what you see about somebody and tell them. Say, I see God in your life when you're doing this or doing that. Um, when we, you know, we live under the blessing of God. And so then turn around and give that blessing to other people. And let the Holy Spirit lead you, okay? Listen to how he prompts you and who he highlights and, and, and then take the risk and, and go bless somebody. Our souls were meant to live under the blessing of God. And we have been called to then minister that blessing to one another. At Life Community Church, we want you to experience the powerful, life-changing love of God. To learn more, go to lifemohammed.org. lifemohammed.org.